Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, men. Uh, It is good to be back with, with you again on the Holy Man podcast. Uh, We are in episode 57. That's been a lot of episodes. Uh, It's been a a great journey thinking of all the different topics that I've talked about both by myself and with some amazing guests over the course of time. Uh, I continue right now. We're going through uh, uh, the book. Uh, Gene Getz wrote it several years ago called The Measure of a Man. It's a great men's ministry book, been used a lot in uh, churches throughout the years. And what Gene does is he looks into First uh, Timothy and Titus and where Paul is helping these young bucks in the church to, uh, to learn what it means for them and then for the leaders that they're raising up in the life of the church. What are some attributes? that we all, that we all should be aspiring to. And of course, if you're definitely, if you're a leader or serving in the life of the church, there are definitely things that you should be aspiring to. And so that's a list that Paul has for both of those guys. And that's what Gene utilizes for us to look at 20 different attributes that we should be aspiring to in the life of the church. And we've looked at a lot of them. And I know that uh, just because I'm in one of the life groups myself, man, we have wrestled with some of these, uh, to, just to see of how big, what they call us to. And, uh, and it's been an exciting journey. And so we're, we're winding down here a little bit with this book. Now at, uh, this is our 17th attribute of the 20. So just a few more to go, but uh, this is a big one. It really is. Uh, and, uh, so the cool thing is I'm not going to talk about it by myself, but instead I brought a, a, a theological expert and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe a, no. a fishing expedition. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. between the two of us, maybe we have some expertise. We got in a us. couple of brain cells yeah. to rub together. So yeah. I got yeah. Joe DeRemer with me today. Yeah. Uh, good brother in Christ. Mm. Uh, he's served as a pastor uh, on church staff before. And uh, Joe, I want you to tell the guys, uh, for anybody that's been here at new life or at church 307, that's listening. They, they might've caught you. You, preached here, uh, on the first Sunday of this year. And so that was great. I, I love that it was, it was a preaching, but it was also your testimony. And right. so it was very powerful. And uh, so some of them might've gotten to know you through that. Some of the guys might know you just because of seeing you around the church and yep. you're, you do the camera for us right now. Oh, that's serving. so much fun. Yeah. But Joe, tell the guys out there that maybe don't know your family dynamic and uh, what you do for a living right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, just tell the guys a little bit about about yourself and then we'll get into our topic here. All right. Well, I was uh, born and raised in Wyoming. I grew up, uh, I was born in California, lived there until I was four. And then then my dad was an airline pilot. I'm not sure. Guys, don't hold that against him that he was in California. I was adopted by a Wyoming family. Oh, there you go. Okay. You're two weeks old. All right. You're good then. (laughs) (laughs) My dad was an airline pilot. So we were hubbed out of San Francisco for, uh, until I was four years old. And then we moved to Connecticut. 
And then uh, back in the uh, early 70s, there was a really bad uh, recession and uh, a, a fuel crunch. And a lot of the airlines went through a process of closing or being bought out by other airlines or just furloughing a lot of their staff. And my dad was one of those pilots who was laid off. So at age seven, we moved out from the East Coast to live on our family ranch uh, down by Cheyenne, about 27 miles. Northwest. Okay. And uh, so that was a big uh, culture shock. I'm sure me. it was. Yeah, it uh, was for me when I moved out here from Pennsylvania. So, yeah. Uh, so, you know, Wyoming's just, it's, it's a different world. It really is. It is. It is a very different world. I, uh, I, I went to a, I went to school. I went, my first school in, in Connecticut was, you know, several hundred kids uh, in a grade school. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when we moved out here, uh, for second and third grade, I went to a one room schoolhouse, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, K through sixth grade, all in one classroom. There's between 13 and 15 kids, huh. depending on the year, one teacher. Wow. So the learning, uh, possibilities. That's a different, were, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a few guys out there that are like, yep, that was my life too. Right. So that's really cool. Something different. But, uh, um, I, I became, uh, aware that I, that I had an addictive personality pretty early on. Mm -hmm. Um, I spent the vast majority of my life up until age 42 addicted, hopelessly addicted to alcohol and drugs. And it really caused a lot of chaos in my life and just uh, came within hair's breath. Actually, it came within a cross of, mm of dissolving my marriage. Good way to put that. And, uh, and then, and then, uh, when everything fell apart, uh, I had an encounter with Jesus, uh, on the road when I was in a moment of suicidal ideation. And, and in that, in that moment, I gave my life to Jesus and it changed everything. Everything. Okay. It changed everything. Yeah. Um, now I lead, lead the complete opposite life. Uh, if you had told me 13 years ago that I would have gone into a church. Right. Let alone be a pastor. I would have cussed you out. <laughs> right. Uh, but let alone be a pastor and a ministry mm. leader. And then now I am uh, the state rep for Celebrate Recovery for mm. Wyoming. So I don't, I, I don't have any authority over the ministries themselves. I'm more of a go between, between nationals and the state to make sure that right. I'm getting all the information out. But I am a gatekeeper for the national information website. So if there's a Celebrate Recovery that isn't really, doing celebrate recovery the way it should be done. Sure. Um, I can have them pulled from the national registers. Not that I would shut the ministry down. I, right. Christ can still work. The biggest thing is you encourage. And That's right. And, and I have That's no doubt, you know, the, the biggest thing for, for me and what I've gotten to know you is you're an encourager. Amen. So I'm sure that all those different programs out there that they just love you because of your encouraging heart that you just, because it, you see what it does for people's lives. Absolutely. And so I love that. So, so you still, still have your wife then? Yes. Yes. Uh, Jesus preserved our marriage. In fact, mm, I never knew marriage could be this good. <laughs> I had no she clue. She didn't either. <laughs> no, no, she didn't. Absolutely not. She's a sweetheart. And, uh, uh, and I love her in story fact, as well. Jesus has, has changed me so much that even my mother-in-law lives with us now, which for a lot of guys would be a really tough sell, I think, but, it could uh, be. in our house, 
it's just become a wonderful family and yeah. uh, we really enjoy uh, being together as a family. And so that's been a, a, a really wonderful thing for us to, to grow in our marriage too, to allow another family member to come in mm-hmm. and, and be a part of our household too, which is cool. Yeah. I've got a daughter that is uh, in her last semester at the university of Wyoming. Nice. So, and she is engaged to be married. Uh, so hopefully they will take care of that. <laughs> sooner rather than later. Right. And uh, uh, so those are, you know, just kind of a, a thing. We moved to Gillette just about a year ago. So right. I've been uh, a year and three months now we've been yeah. residents of Gillette. And I'll tell you, I love it here. It, there's no doubt. I mean, Mike and I talk about this, that it's so amazing how quickly we got to be brothers with you and because you're so open to those relationships and you're, you just, you're all in with uh, the body of Christ. And so you pl- plug yourself in here. Mm. And uh, cause I know you've been on his podcast before yes, and you've preached here already. So that's just, so we got to know the quality that God has brought you to. Mm. And, and that's, we just thank God for that, that uh, we're getting the blessings of having you uh, with us right now. So, well, thank you very much. But I I have to say that it's also a blessing being a part of this family, this piece of the body of Christ, Mm. Um, this church from the moment that I walked in is warm and it's welcome and it's alive. And I feel that I, I could walk through the lobby and literally talk to anyone and, and not feel like that was an out of place thing to do. It's just such a, a wonderful, warm and welcoming environment yeah. here. I love it. Well, that's always cool to, for us to hear that. And, uh, cause that's how we want it to be. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> cause we tell everybody come as you are. Right. And so we want everybody that walks through the door to have that same understanding, uh, because we want them to become who God created them to be. So if they don't get to come through the door, they can't do the becoming part right. and to grow out of the, the sin that might, they might be entangled in, mm-hmm. into that, uh, blessed, holy relationship with God. Right. So, well, Joe, you know, knowing your story a little bit as I've come to know it and, and seeing where you are today compared to those 13 years ago, um, you know, the topic that we're talking about today, I just wanted you to have this conversation with me because I think mm-hmm. that what you have to share, uh, not because all the guys listening out there have the same level of an addiction that you had. And that's not the reason why, mm-hmm. but it's because you understand that all of us men uh, struggle with something in our walk with Christ. Mm -hmm. And so for you to bring your perspective and the other guys and girls that you have walked alongside of in that journey of faith to just talk a little bit. So the topic, what we're talking about today, the attribute, uh, it's called loving God wholeheartedly is what Gene gets calls his chapter, but it's also, you know, with what's shared with Timothy and Titus, it's the idea of loving what is good. Good. Yeah. And so the, the Greek word there uh, is philagathos, which the word Philly is love. Mm -hmm. And so, and then gathos is good. So it's, it's the idea of being a lover of good things or a lover of good people or a lover of good actions. Mm That's the general idea of what this Greek word is. And so, Jode, when you first hear that phrase, lover of what is good, as Paul shares with Titus, what jumps into your mind? Uh, the first thing that, I, that comes to mind on me in that is, is something that we say in Celebrate Recovery all the time. And, and it's, it's 
the fact that it's progress, not perfection. Okay. And in that framework, in that framework of progress, not perfection, one of the tools that we use is to do the next good thing Hmm. as a process of coming to understand what that is. When you come from the chaos and the darkness and the, the destruction and the mayhem of uh, whatever the whatever struggle is. is. I right. mean, it could be depression. It could be being addicted to Doritos and, <laughs> you know, and get it putting on 200 pounds. Issues. I mean, I mean yeah. you think of some of the guys out there that are listening to this, they got anger issues. Which is so uh, devastating in a they, relationship. They got video game issues. Oh, yeah. Huge. Uh, finance issues. general anything. feeds down some terrible It could be anything that brings darkness into their relationships. Well, so, replaces what is good in their mm, life. So sure. the meaning of do the next good thing right. is the next good thing that I could be doing today is actually sitting here with you today mm-hmm. talking about Jesus, right? sharing our experience, strength, and hope with other men right? about how amazing it is to have Jesus front and center in our lives, what that really looks like and how we wrap our arms and our brains around it. And so the progress, not perfection thing means that we have to practice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, which is what we're doing. Exactly. One of the ways we would practice would be iron sharpens iron, right? You and I sitting here yep. together, hashing it out over a cup of Joe. And right? I'm picturing the guys in the different life groups specifically that are going to be doing that same thing that they're Mm -hmm. going to be hashing out, uh, you know, after they listen to the podcast that we're sharing right now, Mm -hmm. they're going to keep that going Mm -hmm. and sharing the progress of their own relationships and built building each other up with, with that. So, so cool. Well, you know, as I think of this word, good, it was a word that back in that time period that truthfully, some people, they, they were afraid to use it mm-hmm. at certain times because it was thought to be only God was good. Mm-hmm. So we have to be careful of what we assign the word good to. And, and we see that in the one story, I lo- it's in three of the four gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, like in Matthew 19, you know, this, this rich dude walks up to Jesus the rich with young the, ruler. the rich young ruler or the, he was the religious leader in the gospel of Luke actually. Mm. So, you know, you add that to the mix. So he was a rich young ruler slash religious leader. Mm-hmm. So he had some power. He had some prestige. He had the money. Mm-hmm. So all those different pieces of the puzzle, but he walks up to Jesus and he says, teacher, what good, there's that word deed must I do to have eternal life. And I love Jesus response. He says, why ask me what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. And so of course, Jesus is talking about God. He knew, he knew the truth, but he also knew what people thought in that time period. So good things are God things. Amen. Good actions are God actions and good people are God people. Yeah. So with that thought in mind, I want to mention the slight curve then that Gene takes us in this chapter Mm -hmm. as he, as he's thinking about this idea of loving what is good. He's also wanting us to understand that we, with that, we need to be loving God Mm -hmm. who is good and we need to be loving him wholeheartedly. So Joe, does that make sense to you of what Gene does with that little curveball that he throws in there? Yes. Of loving God wholeheartedly as part of loving what is good. Tell me yeah. why. Um, well, uh, first off, 
the the definition of heart in in Hebrew at least is is the seat of the soul. That's where the seat of the center, the center of mm-hmm. everything. Yep. You know. So when we when we look at it like that, they had no concept of the brain. <laughs> back in that time they anatomy was not the same yeah they didn't understand that the the you know the in, intelligence the wisdom the knowledge mm-hmm. was located in one place so um that being said uh i find that there's three parts to that there's uh being wholehearted so the head the heart and the hands so we have to not only be thinking of and evaluating ourselves against God and, mm-hmm. and what he has said about how we should conduct ourselves and sure. how, and how he believes and how he is and what his characteristics are. But we also have to come to believe that that is correct. So we can have the intelligence, but mm-hmm. it only become a wisdom right. when we begin to believe it. And then it's pointless without action because faith without action is dead. So, some wise works. person said that. Yeah, I'm not sure James, that maybe. Was. Yeah, <laughs> but but in that minute, so we have to be able to push that out also through our hands. Yeah, and and in order to do that, we have to get to that place in ourselves where we're okay with us. Yeah, because then we're going to be bold enough to do that. It's self awareness of who we are in Christ. That's right, and yeah. that, and I think that's where. Uh, he began that curve is, is so that we could begin to understand what it looks like for us to be good and to love good and to do good with not being able to ever attain the perfection of it mm-hmm. until of course Christ Jesus returns. Glorification. Right. That's right. That's, that's In the fact, difference. His quote is, uh, his quote is, let me find it here really quickly. It's right at the beginning here. It is impossible to function as mature men without self-respect mm-hmm. and good image. Yeah. So, um, so when you talk about loving God as you love yourself, that self, you know, it's not saying be selfish. That's it's, right. It's it's saying self-aware. You need to appreciate what God created mm-hmm. and who you are in Christ. Amen. Because of what God did in you and through you. So and for you and for you, all, all of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All of that. Yep. So it's, a, so when you were loving God then and loving others because of how God first loved us, that's what it is. It's so it's not a selfish thing. It's a selfless thing, truthfully, Correct. because it's Correct. Christ within right. us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And so as we start to think about that idea then of loving God, wholeheartedly, uh, you know, with all the center of us, you know, mm-hmm. I want us to, want us to think through a couple of characters in scripture, maybe that uh, we saw that ah, yeah. in their lives. Yeah. Uh, so just to be able to help the guys to maybe get to see <laughs> what we're talking about here of loving the good mm-hmm. or loving God wholeheartedly, which is loving the good things in life. You know, for me, uh, I know the guy that you're going to talk about. So I'm going to talk about a different guy. You, you got the new Testament. I want to talk about somebody back in the old Testament. Sounds good. Sounds and good. So uh, we ought to do it in chronological order then. So that's <laughs> right. So I'm going to talk about mine first. Uh, my guy, I love, he's one of my favorite characters in scripture. He's, his name is Caleb mm. and you find his story back in the Moses story. So Moses is walking with the people of God. They're getting close to the 
promised land. They're wanting to go into the promised land. God's wanting to lead them into it. Well, they send out 12 spies to check out the land to make sure everything is okay there before they go in. God thought it was good. Moses thought it was good. The spies all thought it was good. But then they came back with their report and all the spies, they were all thinking that it was good, but uh, the butt got in the way. That's right. For 10 of the spies, they saw the promised land and they saw the walls. They saw the giants. They saw the scary things. And they thought, no way, we're going back to Egypt. Mm -hmm. They lost that perspective of knowing God, loving God wholeheartedly, Mm -hmm. except for there were two guys. Mm -hmm. One's Joshua. Well, Joshua doesn't get a lot of the credit here because he gets his own book written for him later on. But Caleb was the other one. Those two Mm -hmm. said, are you guys out of your mind? What are you saying? God is big. God is for us. God loves us. We need to keep following God. We need to trust God. We need to be about him wholeheartedly. And that's what God saw in Caleb. That's right. And so the other 10 guys that didn't have faith in God, that weren't following God wholeheartedly and all the people that they distracted, they didn't get to go into the promised land, Mm. but Caleb did. And let me just read here. It's in Numbers uh, chapter 14 in verse 24. This is what uh, is said about Caleb. It says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit than those other 10 guys, it says, and he follows me wholeheartedly. So there's that word. There's the word, right? I will bring him into the land that, that he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Mm -hmm. So Caleb, because he was willing to completely wholeheartedly love God with all of his heart, soul, strength, and mind, Mm -hmm. uh, and to have his faith in God, he ended up being blessed in his life. So we we see that connection there regularly, that if you're going to love God wholeheartedly, God's going to bless you. It didn't say that Caleb didn't have some struggles in his life. He ended up wandering in the desert for 40 years, even though, even though. God was going to bless his life. He still had some struggles in his life. So it doesn't mean instantly that your life is easy, hunky dory. And you know, there's no, right. it's still life. Yeah. But God blesses him and is with him and is for him and carries him into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. So I love mm-hmm. that story. And there's other places later on in the story where it talks about Caleb and he is a man who is wholeheartedly following God. You know, what always strikes me about, uh, these characters that, that we isolate as character studies for ourselves in these moments is to the, the, the stark difference between them and the masses. Mm-hmm. There's such a differentiation in Joshua and Caleb's perception right? because of the fullness of their heart for love of God. Yeah. They weren't, Go ahead. That's the, that's the, the, the differentiating thing between the rest of them, right? The rest of them were dependent on Moses and Aaron. Correct. Right. They were looking to their human leader saying, no, lead us back to Egypt or even back to their former captor and saying, no, take us back to Pharaoh. I mean, within a day. Yeah. Of the parting of the Red Sea. They they were there. And and the amazing thing, you know, Joshua 
we can see why he would be there because he was next to Moses when Moses was in the tent of meeting, when they were up on the mountain, Joshua was close to seeing God's presence working with Moses. Mm -hmm. Caleb wasn't though. And that's what makes me even appreciate Caleb more because it's, you know, if you see a lot of what Joshua sees, okay, Mm -hmm. it makes sense that, you know, of course he's going to follow, but with Caleb to not see and still believe. So here, faith. So how do we put that into action for the men? How do we explain that you do this? Yeah. Right. I think for me, a helpful way to look at it is this, that we do the next good thing. Yeah, so, absolutely. So we've got to try putting God first in our lives and observe the results. Mm-hmm. Take a step I of faith. I think that Caleb and Joshua were exceptional at that. They cast their belief out farther than their doubt. That, you know, the, the, the longest shot putt throw that they could ever and will ever throw was their faith. And once they got it out to that point out there where they just believed, mm-hmm. then they see the world differently. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things we don't, I wish we had an opportunity to see the day-to-day life of Caleb. Right. Because that we don't see that of what baby steps that he took in faith with God that mm-hmm. led him to this point when he saw the same giants that these other guys saw mm-hmm. that those, it was those baby steps of faith mm-hmm. throughout his life that allowed him in that moment when the huge things in life smacked him in the face, he was able to still say, God, I'm still going to follow you wholeheartedly because mm-hmm. you have demonstrated God that you are faithful to me in the little things. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be able to put my faith in you in the big things. So I love what you're saying is taking that next step. What is that next step for each of the guys? Right. You got to do that one next thing so mm-hmm. that you can find out that God is faithful. That's right. And then you're going to, because he's faithful, you're going to be willing to take another faithful step and keep loving God. So what are the steps there? You know what? So let's even put real boots on the ground in sure. it. Right. So, um, so say maybe you just come to church every so often, right? When you feel like it, when the football game on Sunday isn't the one that you want to watch or right. whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you just, you become obedient to come to church every Sunday, right? right? Okay. Well, what would be the next step? Well, the next step would be maybe to jump life in group. this life group, maybe, maybe, right? To get to know a few of the other guys, to mm-hmm. develop relationship and understand that all of us men have very similar stories and very similar uh, uh, attributes and struggles yep. and that we're not alone in this walk. Right. And then wait a minute, there's even one more step that we should probably take. There's a lot. <laughs> How is it that we could serve the church? So we start off simply, right? Serving, yep. holding the door open or, you know, <laughs> holding a for baby. For heaven's sakes, maybe go downstairs and be a part of the children's ministry. We call that the lower while. level. We don't put the kids downstairs, Joe, just so you yeah. know that. Okay, You're new the here. Lower the lower level. level. Right. Maybe you yeah. could make a show, a sojourn for a semester down to the lower level and serve the 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 young uns down there. And we do. We have a couple guys that they go down there and they're amazing. It's at a huge it. impact. It is it? huge. Those kids love them. And so absolutely. That I impact in every situation is an incredible thing. So you're right. I mean, taking those simple steps, reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. I know for some guys that's scary because I don't understand it. It's not, it's from another world compared to us, but yet to, to jump in and read the gospel of Luke, Mm. you know, or Matthew to start there, start reading about the stories of Jesus. And maybe after you read it, just say, God, I want to talk to you about this and pray a little bit. That's right. Those are steps that are scary huh? as can be for some guys. Yeah. 
but yet. Or how about, how about this? Every step. Taking the time to say, Hey, uh, Paul, you want to go get a cup of coffee? Absolutely. You yeah. know what I mean? To go sit yep. down with the pastor. That could be very scary it's for huge. some men. Or Jode. Or if with they, me. If, and I'm saying that because if there's guys out there that are struggling with some addiction or something, man, Jode is always willing for a cup of coffee. Absolutely. He loves coffee. Absolutely. I would all, so, that's why I'm on this planet. Yeah. I've, what character do you have? I want to know, because there's a New Testament one that you were going to talk about. What you know, was, I think it's kind of interesting. I'm, I was just praying about this before I came in and I, and I, and I thought about the two characters that we had chosen because right? you picked Caleb who was raised in a faith family absolutely, as you were. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. So that character speaks to you as someone who grew up in a right. Christian household. Right. Well, I picked Stephen just out of the blue. Okay. Uh, Stephen was one of the disciples of the apostles. So Correct. he was that next layer. He was part of the hundred. Correct. As opposed to the, the 12. And so um, he was a Hellenist. Mm hmm. That it, you could not describe me better than right. being a Hellenist. Yeah, his that's exactly his family probably wasn't the most Jesus type. I people. worshipped and idolized whatever <laughs> right. was convenient in the Correct. moment. Correct. Right? Yeah, you know, so they were of the world. Uh, absolutely, and so then to see his devout faith, and mm. I love the way that they describe his faith. They don't say wholeheartedly, but absolutely, the description of him is mm -hmm. that same description. Let me, let me read it for you. It's in Acts chapter six. Uh, and, and basically what's happening in, in chapter six is the ministry is getting bigger than the apostles can handle. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now the widows are saying, Hey, there's, or the, 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 the secular folks and the Gentiles are saying, Hey, well, the Jews are feeding all the widows. Why don't you come over here and feed our widows? We need too? some help too. And right. so all of a sudden all the guys get together and the gals and they go, okay, we need some help. So they chose uh, several of the, of the folks. And one of the men that they chose was Stephen, a man full of faith. Correct. And of the Holy spirit. Mm. So and I don't know what the Greek word is there. And it was obvious to them. Right. But they could see that in his life, the way he was living. So full to me means to the brim. Like if you were to pick up the bucket too quickly, it would spill, spill over on everybody right. else. And that was evident in his life because he was preaching the gospel everywhere he could to mm -hmm. everyone he could. He was performing miracles, meaning he was wide open. Right. And this, you may, we should probably discuss this a little bit more, um, but to me, he was so full of uh, so wholeheartedly loving God mm -hmm. that he was able to actually see into the kingdom of heaven, into the throne room mm -hmm. and see Jesus and God standing together. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Without falling over dead, like what happened to John in Revelation. Right. So yeah. is that, could you be any more wholehearted than that? Yeah. And God was with him in that moment. That was the, you're talking about the moment that he was the first martyr of the Christian yes. church. Yeah. And so, which that in itself, beyond what you just said, the mm -hmm. fact that he was willing to stand there knowing what was about ready to happen to him, mm -hmm. he was about ready to lose his life, but yet he was still willing to preach the gospel to his very end, mm -hmm. the very end. As Christ loved the church. As Christ loved the church. Yeah. So, that, man. And then, and then. Two great guys. And then we know he was saved. Oh, yeah. Because it said he fell asleep. Right. 
meaning salvation imminent. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So guy, two, what two great guys. Yeah. And so, guy, there are so many other guys we could have picked, but, oh, yeah. but guys, if you do a case study on either one of those characters, there's more it talks about in each of those guys in the scriptures, you're going to see two guys that love God mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. Right. And it wasn't just blowing smoke. Mm. I mean, it was, they were legit living their lives. It was full. So others could see it in their lives, the way they lived their oh, man, lives. To have a time machine. Could you imagine mm. when the Jordan river <laughs> is blocked? Right. And the way that that smelled as they crossed over to the Jordan river into the, right. into the promised land. Can you imagine this, the, the way it smelled, the way the rocks would have been all slippery and maybe a fish flopping on the ground or something. You know what I mean? Like, but to walk in, and to walk in that very first time. Oh my yeah. gosh. That gives me goosebumps. All right, guys. I know we're getting a little long-winded here, oh, but sorry. we have a, that's all right, Joe. We're, we're, you and I are talkers. We could yes, talk sir. here all day. And, but uh, there's still one more piece here, guys. I want us to get to here today. Mm-hmm. It's something that's going to lead you hopefully into some good discussions in your life group. Uh, one of the things that Gene does, uh, Joe, in his book is he talks about out of that passage out of second Timothy chapter three, he talks about these things that instead of being lovers of the good or loving God wholeheartedly, he comes up with this list of things that get in the way. Yeah. Uh, uh, instead, they are men or people who are lovers of self, mm-hmm. lovers of money. And lovers of pleasure are the three big things that he talks about in his chapter. So Joe, both within your testimony and your present position in Celebrate Recovery, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that you get the opportunity to see a lot of people who in the past made choices, who were lovers of those things and drew them away from the goodness of God. Hmm. But I'm going to this but, guy named Jode. Okay. But before, <laughs> before you go into it though, I also want to say, but you also have seen both in this guy named Jode mm-hmm. and in a lot of the people you walk along with, mm-hmm. you also see them being affected by Christ and they begin to make new choices and finding both God and the goodness of God in their lives. Can you speak to both of those aspects very quickly for the sake of our guys out there? Absolutely. So um, what I like to look at these uh, opportunities in scripture. um, So what he's speaking of is uh, uh, Timothy chapter three, verse one through four, five, something like that. And, and it's uh, it's the list of, of, all of the things that you shouldn't do. Right. Which is kind of how I used to look at sin when I first got saved. Right. Mm -hmm. I had a checklist. Okay. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm not yelling at my wife. I'm not drinking. I'm not, you know, and so there was this checklist. So one of the uh, pastors that was a huge influence in my life was, was a gentleman that planted the church that I attended in Cheyenne. It was pastor Dick Young. Okay. And he uh, was well advanced in age at this point had retired from uh, active ministry, but you never really get done with ministry. You're always still, you still got a congregation that's coming out to have coffee with you and stuff. But, but the principle that he shared with me was this. If you look at sin as a list, Mm -hmm. you're going to get it. Correct. The way we need to look at sin is this way. If you're doing it your way, it's sin. If you're doing it God's way, it's not. Okay. So we have to have some filters mm-hmm. in place to do that. 
there's several places in the Bible that we can go. First uh, Peter has a wonderful explanation of two brotherly love, and and, and there's a there's a the really nice passage uh, in is it first or second Peter? I can't remember. I'll find it for you. Wonderful passage. Great <laughs> set of filters there. Right. Same thing. Galatians chapter five, twenty two and twenty three. Right. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, Correct. kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the fruits of the Spirit. Right? I was going to say, those are the things that the Spirit is changing in us, so it's God. Which are things that we can actually use as a moment-to-moment filter Correct. to filter out whether we're being lover of money or whether we are pursuing money for godly uh, purpose. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you would have met me 13 and a half years ago. Correct. Right, that list from timothy yep i was all of those things because i was all about me i was all self-focused and all selfish in fact i I, i've coined a a word for it called transactional man Mm -hmm. i would not do something for you unless you owed me gotcha yep that's self yeah completely simple so all that makes all of those things true it really does and truthfully because of you saying this, I want to mention that, you know, I've said this several times in the last several sessions that if we go back to episode 50, mm. episode 50 was the one on self-centeredness. Yes. And, and that's the heart mm. of when we're getting things wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's, that's why I think that's why Gene had it at the center here because he knew that everything else before it and everything else after it, if we are self-centered, we're missing out on the attributes. But if we flip that and become selfless, God-centered, God-centered, exactly. Mm -hmm. Instead of Mm self-centered, it changes everything. And it gives us the opportunity because then it's allowing God, it's us surrendering Mm -hmm. to God and allowing him to guide and lead us in towards the good. Right. So what does that look like? Like, so before, like, say if I was to help you move, Mm -hmm. okay, it would be, okay, well, you owe me. Right. right? Yep. You know, so I don't care how you take it out back then. It would have been in ways that I'm no longer interested in doing transactions for. Correct. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, but in that way, until you paid up, you owed me. Yeah. And that's how you treated me. That's selfish. Right. Now, selfless is, holy cow, you need help. Moving. I'm there. You know what? Not only that, I know a bunch of guys that aren't doing anything today. Let me make some phone calls. Let me arrange some things. Hey, do we need to organize some food too while we're doing this? We'll bring some pizza over with us. When yeah. we come, we're going to help you move. We show up with four, five, 10 trucks. We get it done in 15 minutes. Bam, you're in there. And then when you go to try, you know, please just say thank you. Yep. That's it. That's all. That's the bottom line. Show your appreciation for what we did. And, and even that's not necessary because I didn't do that for you be seeking that. Correct. I did it because it needed done and you're a brother and you needed help. And by gosh and by golly, if, if we can do it together, it's so much more fun. So the, the lovers of self, of pleasure, of money, of everything else on that list in first mm-hmm. Timothy, that's going to drive us into it's, it's from the selfish mindset. That's right. But the God mindset is we're going to love God. By loving others. That's right. That's cool. We're going to be praying for the guys that are throwing the stones at us. Yeah. As we're falling asleep. 
He has a quote, Gene does in the chapter. It says, uh, the only way to true happiness and lasting joy and pleasure that satisfies is to live within the will of God. Mm-hmm. Then and only then, all that God has created us or created for us to enjoy will become really enduring. Amen. Joe, isn't that? It's so beautiful. It is. (laughs) It is because, you know, you think about, uh, you know, if we're chasing after the good, if we're loving God wholeheartedly, uh, that's going to bring us pleasure in life. It's going to bring us joy in life in all aspects of life. And your life is a testimony of that. You don't know my life as much. Uh, My life is a testimony. But I still see it in you, Paul. Yeah, it's there. (laughs) And uh, so, so guys, I hope you're catching all of this. Uh, we're going to have to, we're going to stop because I know that some of you guys have other things to be doing, but uh, I, I look forward. You're going to be looking at to that first Timothy pa- or the second Timothy chapter three passage a little bit again mm-hmm. to recognize those things that can be a distraction for you. Just, just to see if guys, if any of you are chasing after those things that that's, what's hindering you from loving God wholeheartedly from taking that step like Joe talks about into uh, loving God and loving the good. And, uh, and there's no doubt that when we start getting it right, mm. man, God just blesses us. Doesn't mean life is easy though. Joe does it. Oh, we, no, we, still, no, no. we face, face, face struggles. You know, the beautiful part about it though is this. Yeah. The situations don't change. We're still going to have family members that fall ill. Yeah. We're going to have eventually all of our journeys are going to come to a point where we pass on to, to home. We're going to have health issues. We're going to have family members that maybe aren't going to make it home. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. we're going to have, we're going to have bouts of times in our lives where the stress is overwhelming. We're going to have sweet, sweet moments in Mm -hmm. our lives where the joy surpasses our ability to comprehend how amazing it is. Yeah. We're going to have all of those things. And I think one of the concepts that he brings up that, that is so important for us is that balance that God has found in the middle of it. Yeah. It's never going to be in the extremes of the joy or the depths of the darkest place. God's always going to be right in the middle and we got to look for him there. Yeah. So true. And, you know, I, I can just think, you know, we have some couples in our church right now that, they've got smacked with some things in life here just recently, but Mm. because I I know their faith journey leading up to those points and they had the balance of the day to day, the rigors, the monotony, the, the mundane Mm -hmm. of faith journey that it's just walking with Jesus day to day. It's a relationship day to day. And therefore when they did get smacked with whatever it is in life, they got smacked with, they they struggled for, for a bit, but But man over to come faster. Exactly. They were able to get over the hump easier because they were still able to be aware that there's a good God. You know, I I think one of the concepts that lends to that is this. We let God have control of it. Mm. So hard. Oh, I know. Trusting him that much is so tough. But But when he does, his shoulders mm. are so much stronger than ours. Absolutely. He can carry us through those times. I I think that that poem, the footprints in the sand is one of those things yeah. that brought me to faith. I mean, I'd seen that my whole life. Yep. And that, that poem was one of those things. In fact, uh, when we were in Hawaii mm-hmm. just recently, I did a picture cool. where, where we had 
the pictures the, on the, the sand. Footprints, the footprints, nice. that's where I was carrying you and I was carrying my wife on the beach. And guys, if, a wonderful hey guys, picture. if you don't know that poem, just Google it. Uh, the footprints in the sand, I guarantee you it's out there. And uh, it is a powerful imagery mm. of God's carrying us through those tough moments of life. And because he's a good God, mm. you know, we talk about chasing after the good. Well, God is good. He's always good. And he's always going to be there for you. He's going to be with you. He's going to be working through you in each of those steps. And guys, as long as, you know, we're on this journey of becoming holy men. And again, if you try to do that on your own, good luck. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. But if you each day take those steps of walking with a good God, I guarantee you he's going to be there. He will be found. If you seek him, he will be found. Amen. And he loves you so much. Amen. And he longs for you to learn the blessings of a holy life, a life that is found in a walk with Jesus. Amen. Sound good, Jode? Jode, I, I want to You just thank keep talking, man. I'm just going <laughs> to keep listening. <laughs> I am so thankful that you were willing to come have a cup of coffee with me mm. and, uh, and have a conversation with me. And uh, guys, if you, if you haven't had a chance yet to have a talk with Jode yet, he's here on Sunday morning. If you want to talk with him and you don't know who, what he, who he is or what, what he looks like, come find me. I'll point him out. I, you, I usually know where Jode is because he's, he's, he's fun. I and, don't hide. Uh, he doesn't hide. His family doesn't <laughs> hide. They're, they're here. They're serving. And, uh, and they're just wanting you to find what they found. Mm. And there's no greater joy for them than helping others on the journey. So guys, Joe, thank you. It is good to have you with me, my brother. Thanks for having me on. Episode Paul, 57. And uh, guys, next week, we have a couple more weeks this semester. So keep coming back. A couple more great things to talk with, talk about. And uh, as always, guys, I love being on a walk with you as we all are on this journey of trying to figure out how God can help us to become holy men. See you next time. Mm -hmm.